Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. left to play and there's Wall down the lane again for two. Harden will shoot it from the outside and he picks up where he left off last season with a three. And we are back once again with another installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, credential reporter for SB Nation, covering your Houston Rockets, Cody Davis. And please remember to subscribe to Believe in the Rockets on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And if you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts by any chance, please be sure to leave a five-star review. And before we get started, guys, I do want to tell you all that this episode of Believe in the Rockets is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. The NBA and college basketball are back And the NFL playoffs are around the corner. In fact, they start this weekend. With all of these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you are thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, you need to go with betonline.ag. And ladies and gentlemen, speaking of someone who can upset the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm actually thinking about picking the New Orleans Saints. Why? Not only because they are my favorite team, But this could be their final chance to recapture that Vince Lombardi trophy and bringing it back to the Big Easy. Drew Brees is contemplating retirement at the end of the season, and the franchise have had not one, not two, but three heartbreaking losses in the playoffs over the last three seasons. So I think I'm going to go out on a limb and take my Saints for those 8-1 to odds, and hopefully I could come away not only with another championship added to my favorite football team's legacy, but of course some money in my pocket as well. From game spreads to totals to teams, players, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there is always an online casino as well. It never closes. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is betonline.ag and sign up today. And ladies and gentlemen, speaking of today, your Rockets will take on the Indiana Pacers tonight inside Bankers Life Fieldhouse at 6 o'clock, which means this would not be the normal 20 to 30 minute show of me discussing a lot that's going on with this organization. In fact, this will be more so of a preview show where I do a little bit of a breakdown of the Indiana Pacers and tell you guys where your Rockets stand headed into tonight's game. And unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, this will be a bounce back game after the Rockets suffered a 113-100 loss to the Dallas Mavericks on Monday. In the loss, Christian Wood led the way with 23 points while James Harden added in 21 points and 10 assists. Eric Gordon scored 20 points off the bench, while John Wall scored 14 points. And while the Rockets struggled on the offensive side of the ball, their defense was literally non-existent. 
Luka Doncic led the way for the Dallas Mavericks with a triple-double of 33 points, 16 rebounds, and 11 assists. And the Mavericks also received a tremendous boost from Tim Hardaway Jr., who ended the night with a season-high 30 points, shooting 8 for 10 from behind the arc. And at the end of the game, a very frustrated Steven Silas said that the defensive game plan was to force Tim Hardaway to put the ball on the floor in an attempt to take him out of his comfort zone as a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. Instead, his players did the complete opposite as seven of his eight triples came on catch-and-shoot attempts. Now, I know a lot of you guys might not think too much of what I'm about to say, but I believe one of the turning points of this game came when DeMarcus Cousins was ejected. Now, I understand that he played less than three minutes. In fact, he was only on the court for two minutes and 53 seconds. But in that time frame, Cousins actually made a positive impact for the Rockets on the court. In that short amount of time, he recorded four points, three rebounds, and two blocks, while the Rockets were able to cut the Mavericks' 12-point lead down to eight. And as we all know, Cousins got ejected for picking up two technical fouls, one coming in a minor fight with Willie Cauley-Stein that involved a little bit of pushing. It wasn't much. And the last tech came when Cousins thought he was fouled by the Mavericks on a layup attempt. And after the game, the referee said that he gave some type of gesture. I can't remember what type of word that they used, but... I believe that DeMarcus Cousins was treated a little bit unfair, and I think it was more so of being a quote-unquote hothead on the court. And speaking of DeMarcus Cousins, I do want to take some time right now and give a special shout-out to the Houston Rockets big man. Did you guys get the opportunity to see his comedy show, by the way? It's called Land Old Lakers with DeMarcus Cousins. I got a chance to watch it over the holidays, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm not too much of a big stand-up guy, but I must say that this was pretty funny. You get an opportunity to see Steph Curry along with several other NBA players get roasted while they were sitting in the crowd. Mike Epps was the host, and it features some other funny comedians as well, like Gary Owens. It's streaming right now on Amazon Prime and also available for free on Tube TV. And I wanted to point that out because Cousins' impact for the Rockets in this game was felt. One, it showcased that the Rockets at the end of the day do have a deep bench to the point that you have a four-time All-Star in DeMarcus Cousins who can come in and basically shift the momentum of the game in Houston's favor. But it also showcased something that I talked about on the last installment, the fact that DeMarcus Cousins really have not had the opportunity to showcase what he can do in a Houston Rockets jersey because he is not given the minutes. In his first two games with the Rockets, he has showcased the ability to be a rim protector. And I believe that Cousins has improved in that area as well because as of right now in three games, he is averaging one and a half blocks. And he has never been known to be a defensive-minded center. But I'm starting to see a change that he is actually being more committed on that side of the floor. As well as his ability to rebound the basketball, averaging three and a half rebounds per game. And those are two key factors that the Rockets will need from DeMarcus Cousins because outside of Christian Wood, they do not have anybody to be that rim protector. They do not have anybody to help clean up the boards. DeMarcus Cousins is showcasing what type of impact he can actually make in less than 10 minutes per game. So, like I say, I believe that Cousins was treated unfairly when he got kicked out. I don't think neither one of his technicals was deserved. I mean, yes, he was pushing Willie Carly Stein, but his last tech that came while complaining to the ref, I don't think he deserved that. And I do want to say really quick that this was a game where the referees assisted seven technical fouls, and unfortunately, DeMarcus Cousins was the victim of two of them.
But outside of DeMarcus Cousins being objective, what killed the Rockets the most in Monday's loss was their offensive performance. They shot 39% from the floor, 27% from behind the arc. And after the game, a very frustrated Steven Silas said that the Rockets struggled on the offensive end because the offense just got way too stagnant. And he pointed to isolation ball being the determining factor. So yesterday I actually went back and I counted how many isolation plays the Rockets ran and how many plays ended when the primary ball handler did not pass the ball at all. My results, I came away with 23 isolation plays and 13 of those 23 plays came when the primary ball handler failed to pass the ball. And of course, by primary ball handlers, the main guys that I'm talking about are John Wall and James Harden. Now, I know some of you guys might listen to that and say, man, that is a problem. James Harden, Rockets, isolation ball has been the Rockets blueprint ever since this man came to the organization in 2012. While that is true, that is not how Steven Silas wants to run his offense in 2020. But when I went back and I rewatched Monday's game, I came away thinking that James Harden and John Wall was basically forced into a majority of their isolation plays. And I say that because I saw two factors that played into their decision. One, given the fact that Houston has not had the appropriate amount of time to get accustomed to one another, especially Steven Silas's offense, and two, maybe these players just do not know what to do when they do not have the ball in their hands. And I say that because there are two particular plays that I want to point out to you guys. There was a play early in the third quarter that resulted in John Wall receiving two free throw shots. During that possession, John Wall had the ball in his hands for 16 seconds. And the only time that there was any type of ball movement came when either David Nwaba or P.J. Tucker set an on-ball pick for Wall. And I'm looking at this possession, and my eyes actually drew to Christian Wood and James Harden. And I said to myself that that would have been the perfect opportunity for Wood to set an off-ball pick for Harden, to give him the opportunity to backdoor and cut to the basket in order for Wall to hit Harden for an easy layup attempt. And the main thing that came to my mind was the San Antonio Spurs. Because those are the type of plays that the Spurs used to run for Manu Ginobili. Another play that I want to focus in on, this one happened later on in the third quarter. And this was a little bit more of a crucial possession because the Rockets were actually down by two, 72-70. to 70. Jay Sean Tate rebounded the basketball and gave the ball up to James Harden with 22 seconds left on the shot clock. And the only off-ball movement came when P.J. Tucker set an on-ball pick for James Harden. And I'm looking at David Nwaba standing between his defender and Eric Gordon's defender. And instead of any one of these players setting a pick for one another, they just stood there, forcing James Harden to take Luka Doncic's one-on-one that resulted in a failed layup attempt and an easy transition bucket for the Dallas Mavericks on the other end. And I said to myself, man, if Nwaba actually had an idea to set an off-ball pick for Eric Gordon, he could have easily popped out and got an easy, wide-open three-point shot. Similar to what we used to see with the Golden State Warriors when they had Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson. That is what made that offense dangerous. And that is what can make this offense dangerous. And I'm surprised that I did not see Gordon set any type of off-ball screen for anyone when he's the main guy who said after Monday's game, that he has always expressed his frustration that the Rockets cannot win a championship playing isolation ball. 
And for Steven Silas, I kind of believe that he's actually between a rock and a hard place when it comes to his offense and trying to find that balance of when to use isolation ball and when to have his guys cut for one another. Because at the end of the day, you have one of, if not the best one-on-one player on your side in James Harden, and you have another guy who thrives in one-on-one plays in John Wall. And that is actually a discussion that us media asked the Rockets on yesterday. And I actually had an opportunity to ask Eric Gordon as a guard who is one of the primary ball handlers and one of the top scorers on the team, how do you find that equal balance? And this is what Eric Gordon had to say. It's all within the rhythm of the game. Sometimes you're going to need some ISO, but uh, but more importantly, I mean, when you have ball movement, it's, it, you know, it's hard to, you know, defense has to rotate and we're going to be even harder to stop. Because um, when that ball's moving, you, you just don't know what, you know, you just don't know what to expect. The other team is not going to know what to expect. So, and uh, so, you know, that's why we can't do too much ISO, but you're going to need some of that too, you know. Uh, but it's all within the rhythm and flow of the game. That's what really uh, matters. And I do want to add that even though Steven Silas wants to see more ball movement within his team, he doesn't want to take away. He actually wants to build on a strength. But at the end of the day, he realizes that the Rockets offense can also be more efficient when more guys are involved and not everyone going one on one standing around. But like I mentioned, you can't expect your players to go out there and do all these off ball movements and stuff, because a lot of these guys like Eric Gordon, who I just mentioned, he's going to need time to get used to Steven Silas's offense, because I'm pretty sure even though. He is processing everything that Silas and the the Rockets are going over in practice. I'm pretty sure when he's in the game, his mind revert back to what he used to do under Mike D'Antoni, which was stand somewhere behind the three-point arc and wait for either Harden, Russell Westbrook, or Chris Paul pass you the ball so you could jack up a three-point shot. So I'm pretty sure tonight we're going to see more ball movement. Just keep a lookout on how much isolation ball the Rockets actually play. I believe we're going to see less isolation ball and more off ball movement and and just ball movement in general. And speaking of tonight's game, the Rockets actually have a tough opponent with the Pacers. The Pacers are coming in tonight's game with a 5-1 record, and they literally just beat the New Orleans Pelicans in a 118-116 overtime victory. And they are completely different from the Houston Rockets and the Dallas Mavericks, who are also a isolation-heavy team, as the Pacers like to share the ball, averaging 27.5 assists a game, which is currently the fourth highest in the NBA. So what can the Rockets do in the hopes of getting their third victory of the season? Well, for starters, they're going to have to play better on the defensive side of the ball. Indiana has three players who are currently averaging 20 or more points. Malcolm Broughton, who is leading the way with 22 points, while Oladipo and Sabonis are both averaging 20 points for the Pacers. They need a better performance on the offensive end, and in order for that to happen, they are going to have to share the ball a little bit more than usual and hopefully get more offense outside of James Harden, Christian Wood, and John Wall. But the number one key factor I think the Rockets need to do in order to get this victory tonight is just rebound the basketball. Because the Pacers are just as mediocre at rebounding the basketball just as much as the Rockets. And I believe this is what's going to come down between a win and a loss for both of these teams tonight. 
And with that being said, I believe that this is going to be the game where we finally see a little bit more of DeMarcus Cousins because, yes, Christian Wood is averaging around 10.5 rebounds. But as of right now, he's the only one rebounding the basketball at a consistent rate. The Rockets need someone to help Christian Wood, and that person is Cousins. As of right now, ESPN's Basketball Power Index is giving the Pacers a 51% chance of coming out victorious in this game. I believe it's going to be a close one like the prediction says, but I believe the Rockets are going to come away victorious in this game. I'm hoping that they don't prove me wrong yet again. But after watching how frustrated Eric Gordon and James Harden and Steven Silas look after Monday's game, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a bounce back performance. And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And please remember to follow Believe in the Rockets on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in the Rockets. Please remember to subscribe to Believe in the Rockets on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And please, if you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, by any chance please be sure to leave us a five-star review until next time ladies and gentlemen peace Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.